Hello, welcome to Chapter 3 Podcast, the show for readers of science fiction, fantasy, and romance. This is Season 3, Episode 15, and today, me and Izzy are here discussing the iconic political fantasy classic, Cushiel's Dart, and the new companion novel, Cassiel's Servant, by Jacqueline Carey. Um, so I think this is going to be interesting. I'm excited to discuss but first, if you are interested in getting access to early episodes some of the time and bonus content with every episode, you can join us on Patreon or channel memberships. Support what we're doing. We appreciate it. And uh, this episode's bonus content, we have not actually decided. What are we going to do for this episode's bonus content? I have no we idea. talked about this before. Have you seen the Barbie movie yet? Yes. Let's talk about the Barbie movie. Okay, let's talk about Barbie. Okay, that we're going to talk great. about the Barbie movie because we're not doing it publicly because of the sag after strike, but we'll do That's it for right. bonus content. Support writers and actors. Support writers and actors. Yes. Okay. So if you're interested in hearing our thoughts, uh, join us on Patreon and channel memberships. Okay. So Cushiel's Dart. This was my first time yeah. reading. This is my reread. I read this the first time in 2012. It was one of yeah. my early romances. I'm, I'm vaguely going to call it romance because I do think no matter what, this is like the... Um, do you know the Anne Bishop books, the daughter, so I don't know the title. I'm really bad about it. It's like the Black Jewel series. Oh, yeah. I haven't read them. From like yet. 99. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I read the, it's, it's a lot. Okay. Like there are a lot. <laughs> but I think this and that are like tie into an age demographic of our current romance fantasy authors having read and loved as younger writers. I can see that because Cushiel's Dart has a strong romantic element to it, but I think mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting. So what's interesting for me is that like I had always heard about it as this kind of like, you know, controversially spicy yeah. book with these like BDSM sex scenes, which it does have. But like the book is so much more than that. It's, it's so much more political fantasy. The character mm-hmm. work is amazing. Yes. Oh my god, I, I know, right? I loved it. Yeah, which I equally loved it on my reread. I was not surprised I did, but I wondered because it's been 11 years. I was like, is it going to hold up? But it's one of those ones, like I said, like to me, it's always going to be kind of like that. It's like a root in the bottom of the tree for romance fantasy books Mm -hmm. now. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like there's so much foundation for what we get in some of them now. Yeah, um, I feel like. Uh, But oh, it's so good. And it is, it is so much more than just this like, book with sex in it and fantasy elements yeah I was I was surprised at how much I loved it I was just completely sucked in it's a really long book and I flew through it I did too I think I read it in four days yeah I think I read it like three yeah it's I think it would have been three if I like hadn't had some things to do one of the days like Mm -hmm. it was that thing where I was like I don't want to put this down I don't want to put this down yeah it's so good I don't want to stop yeah um, Edra is such a good character for this. I yeah. Everyone she's... like you grow, atta- and there's like three clear acts. I feel like too, which is nice. So kind of gives you breaking points if you need mm-hmm. to take a break. Um, but I thought it was interesting too, just how much character development we get of everyone. Yes, even people who don't make it to the end of the first book. Yeah, that's true, and they're complicated characters, and it, like the world is not a perfect one by any means. It has yeah. its problems, but. It's it's interesting because she's sort of playing with the like religion and sexuality mm-hmm. thing in a way that this I is like my favorite movie. trope in like books when they do religion yeah. stuff. I love when sex is like kind of part of the religion and like part of being a religious experience because I feel like it's such a deconstruction to 
what we currently see with like purity culture right so like I feel like it kind of turns it on its head a little in a nice way yeah well and I think it's interesting too because it usually what you see what somebody like Jocelyn who has this vow of chastity you see that Mm -hmm. as like a means of religious sacrifice Mm -hmm. right whereas Fedra is sort of like the opposite end of the spectrum where even her more negative experiences with sexuality she views as sort of a religious sacrifice Mm -hmm. yeah which is is interesting as well that there's like i yeah i don't even the juxtaposition of like a purity culture situation and like a you know her being the anki set with like the dart the kushil's dart in her eye and like overly able to take pain we'll call it in situations that most people wouldn't be able to handle and how that like shapes her differently Right. Because, like, she has a whole, like, there's all those, uh, like, inner monologues about how she could have used her signal, which is, like, her safe word. Um, and she doesn't. And it, th- I always found that interesting, too. Yeah. Like, how, you know, like, I feel like she, there's a couple moments where she's inner monologuing about that kind of, like, you know, I could have used the signal and I didn't. And maybe right. I should have. But it's fine. Yeah. She only does once. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, which, Mel- I gotta say, Melisande is such a good villain slash antagonist. Cause, well, because you don't, you don't know. You think she's she's friend for so long, I feel no, like. I, know, I don't know. Kind of. I, slash not maybe gonna be as awful as she turns out to be, I feel like. Right. Um, but it's that name. I've read other books with that name as a villain. Immediately, <laughs> I'm like, that's it. Yep, yeah. you're, you're gonna be a bad character. I mean, I think she has that vibe, like, the, the like, mm-hmm. yeah, I wasn't surprised that she was going to no. be, uh, you know, kind of a, an antagonist, but I think she's a really good one. They have this intense chemistry and sort of, they like, do. erotic connection, um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's interesting because they're sort of each other's weaknesses. Yeah. They are. I, I can see that. Yeah. Um, what did you, so, there's so much to talk about, like, okay, hold on. <laughs> I know. Okay, what did you think about the fact that, like, I think, one of the things I think for me that works the best about Kushil Star is that they're taking sex and these people who, like, get, they're not prostitutes, but, you know, they're, they're kind of sex workers, right? Yeah. Um, that's the word, not, that's what I'm trying to, I was like, oh my god, they're my like brain. religious so they're, sex They're, like, workers. religious sex workers, um but like society you know our society would view them differently but yeah so they're religious sex workers and but they're also secretly spies and delani is like training them to be spies via this work and i feel like it's such an unexpected combination but i'm like how does no one expect this well i think it's really really smart and it's not the first time that's Mm -hmm. part of why it's so effective because like in real history it is the case that there have been like sex workers and mistresses mm-hmm. of high level people yeah. who are actually spies and they it's because they're able to get access to privileged information mm-hmm. they're not the people that everybody expects there's a reason that that's a thing that that works but i love that i love that fedra is I do too. much more than what people mm-hmm. see her as on the surface yeah well i think it's just funny cuz like with the dart especially and like that being like such a thing that she's then like uh, at one point, the one guy she confronts, and he's like, how do you know this? And she's like, you said it when you, like, he'd, like, whipped her, basically, to a point of, like, almost passing out. And she's like, you said it then. And he was like, you were awake. <laughs> and I was just like, damn. 
but it's true like I love when we take like that bit of history and then put it into this like kind of world yeah. where you're like this is amazing yeah I, more of this. I think it makes for a really interesting person well and the thing is too I, th- I think I said this on my reading vlog about this but it reminds me a little bit of some parts of Chinese history where there's several instances of women who were sort of like courtesans or like high-end sex workers who became mm-hmm. mistresses ending up being very powerful or even becoming an empress yeah. and mm-hmm. so I think there is precedent for this kind of story and it's the, mm-hmm. the people that people underestimate yeah um, and I love that thing of that prophecy that like not what is it like something like not all that not everything that that bends is weak or something like that yeah I don't know it's something like that yeah I agree yeah. I also love just how like this is like a 2002 it came out yeah I think like how openly queer and just queer accepting this entire book is yes is surprising and exciting all in one go if that makes sense because you you don't I don't always expect it when I pick up a book that's like pre 2015 honestly well I mean this is part of why I think it was so scandalous right Mm -hmm. is like it was queer it had like BDSM elements it had you know like it was from the perspective of a sex worker all of that was Mm -hmm. super scandalous when it came out one thing that's interesting to me that I think it was a bit ahead of its time in terms of the conversations that a lot of us were having Mm -hmm. Um, around consent is this idea that even people who are sex workers or people who, you know, like are sexually active still have the right to consent. And Mm -hmm. I think what we, we see that with, um, with Fedra, that there is a clear delineation between times Mm -hmm. where she has consented to something, even if it's something that, you know, might physically Mm -hmm. hurt her or whatever, um, versus times where she hasn't. And I think that's not a conversation that was really being had at the time with most people of the fact Mm -hmm. that like, like, yeah, like people, it it doesn't, it is not the case that like having sex or being a sex worker means that you lose your right to consent to something. Exactly. And I, I do think that part was also like equal parts, like just as fascinating. Yeah. I love this book. It's was <laughs> so, so good. good. Well, I can't I wait think... to finish the trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. No, same. Um, and I think one of the things is she does such a good job of um, putting us in Fedra's head and understanding mm-hmm. her as a character that even with some of like some of the sex scenes that were a lot where I was like, mm-hmm. I would never, I don't it, it, like, I feel like you understand Mm-hmm. how she feels in that moment and yes, understand like, how she is dealing with or interpreting things even if it's not the same way that I would mm-hmm. uh, and I yes. think that that's just so skillfully done because mm-hmm. a lot of authors can't do that no <laughs> no and that's where like I think Jacqueline Carey in this book and like series especially excels and I've read on um, Starless I think it's called by her or something it was one of her more recent ones and I enjoyed it a lot but I think in some ways, like, unfortunately, this is, like, her, this series is, like, her magnum opus. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, she's never, I don't know if she can ever top it. And, like, that's not an insult in any way because it's just so well done that it's, like, kind of wild to think that it's from 2002. Like, it's 21 years old. I'm so glad that we finally got those gorgeous trade paperbacks. 
I know the old They're covers so are nice. Great. That, I don't. That's another reason I'd put it off. Is I'm like I don't want to read this like honking huge, you know, mass market. Um, but yeah, it's so good. Her really. I guess we should talk about her relationship with with. Um, well, her she has a lot of relationships. She does, and that I think is interesting too, um, because she loves different people in different ways. And mm-hmm. so, you know, she's got the relationship with, um, oh, I can't think of his name now, the king of um, the oh thieves God. or whatever his name, what's he, what's he called? Uh, Hyacinth. Hyacinth. I think it was an H. Hyacinth. Okay. Yeah. I oh, was like, hold on, I know this. <laughs> yes. Hyacinth. Yeah. Hyacinth. So she's got this like childhood friendship relationship with mm-hmm. Hyacinth that's very complicated and she loves him in a certain way. And then she's got this relationship with Jocelyn that is also mm-hmm. really lovely and interesting and different. Um, but it's also it's, you know, this this idea that like the people who know her best and love her most understand that like they can't love her and try to own her or, mm-hmm. or be the sole owner of her affections. Mm-hmm. Because that's just not exactly. Possible. But also like that, like the humanness of like, we all have multiple people in our lives. We love from like friend love to like love, love, like, like marry or relationship like that. But like, I think it explores that idea really well because I feel like sometimes it feels like you're only supposed to have like the big love, like the person right. you married, like soulmate love. Whereas like, I firmly believe, like, I have, like, friend soulmates more than I have, like, love, love soulmates in a way sometimes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think, like, I, yeah, I, I, I I just, I think there's so much, we we devalue friendship often, I guess, is what I feel like. And I feel like this kind of explores the idea of, like, the different types of love you could have in your life and should have if you can, because, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, the love of your friends, and that is very different than, like, the person you're going to live your life with and, you yes. know, do, like, I don't know. I just, you know, or, like, the love you have for your kids versus your parents and all that, you know, like, I think, right. I don't know. I think there's value in that, and I love the way that it's explored in this book because you get to see the, like, the, like, longtime friendship love that she has for Hyacinth, and then, like, Jocelyn being newer in her life and their, like, burgeoning love for each other and like the protectiveness he feels for her yeah. and you know whether or not obviously we've only read book one if that progresses to other things um is very different and the way that's shown I think as it unfolds over the next two books is going to be very uh insightful and like that a nice payoff right because we've watched them become kind of enemies to lovers almost <laughs> like yeah distaste for each other we'll call it uh, because Jocelyn's just so buttoned up as a hero yeah. slash character in a weird way at times. I saw, so I mean, I, I you know, obviously I haven't read on in the series, but I saw um, a Q&A thing with Jacqueline Carey one time where people I think mm-hmm. ask a lot about the relationship between Jocelyn and Fedra. And her response makes me think that she intentionally made it not one that is continues to be sexual or at least not mm-hmm. in a way that we know for sure um yeah. because their relationship is intended to be about a lot more than just mm-hmm. whether they're sleeping together and i think that that is also just kind of a cool way of doing things mm-hmm. and the other thing that really stood out to me about this is um like the idea that like love doesn't mean somebody owns you 
or owns your body like you belong Mm -hmm. to yourself not to Mm -hmm. other people and like there are the the there's the times where Fedra has you know been kidnapped and enslaved where people are like Mm -hmm. well I own you and those are the times where okay this is not consensual this is sexual assault Mm -hmm. like this is not um yeah so I don't I don't know like I think that that's huge and I think especially as somebody coming from a more religious background where you know, like you, I, you really are taught that like, well, when you marry your body is no longer your own, it belongs to your spouse. Like the way that this subverts that, um, I think is, is powerful. I'm glad I read it at this point in my life because I couldn't have read it. You would not have liked it pre this point in your life. I mean, like (laughs) pre your like deconstruction, I don't know that you would have enjoyed it as much. No. Um, I agree. And exactly. Like, I just think, that's like I always see people who love the series who are like it's so much more than that though like we can't just answer the question of are they together right there's so much more to this and I'm like yes yeah as I revisited this I was like yes there is so much more and I just it's beautiful I get why there's like a cult following for this book honestly like rereading it again I was like oh yeah I should have finished this years ago like what is wrong with me yeah well and the political intrigue the political intrigue is so good it is you know the way the reveals about delani yeah yeah it's so good well and the like i love that power in this world doesn't end up necessarily belong to the strongest person it belongs Mm -hmm. to the smartest person and the like the canniest person and cleverest Mm -hmm. and the way that she like plays those siblings off each other for instance Mm -hmm. uh to get them to do what she wants them to do and go to war i just it's it's so good well, and I feel like in that first act, you know, we watched Delani start to shape Phaedra into who we see her as an adult, um, after, like, he dies and stuff. And then, like, we get his reveals about being, like, the king's lover and his poetry being banned and um, the girl they're going to put on the throne, like, you know, how he was sworn to protect her. Yeah. And we start getting, like, all those little bits. And then Melisandre is, like, over here doing her thing. And you're just like, holy crap. But then you watch Phaedra be like, Figuring it like the, her figuring it out, like what happened when she went to Melisandre when um the murder happened of Delani and like they showed up and like he's dead and the other guy's dead. I cannot remember his name. The one who like sold himself and like paid oh, off his angel or ang- it starts with I'll, I listened to it on audio and I still can't say his name. So yeah, that guy. Yeah, I know who <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. Um you know, and, like, they're all found dead, and, like, she runs off, and it turns out, like, oh, yeah, no, I've been betrayed. Right. And here we go getting, you know, we're off on the second act, where I feel like it's the frozen wasteland adventure. <laughs> that seemed miserable. So much happens in this book. Like, there, and I, one thing, too, that it reminded me of is, I feel like this is how fantasy novels used to be, mm-hmm. where one book would tell a whole epic story it wasn't it didn't feel like it was just drawn out because the thing is is today this Mm -hmm. book would have been a trilogy on its own you know what i mean instead of the trilogy we have which is like probably nine books i'm assuming like by the time i get through all of it right well but i find it so much more satisfying honestly it It reminds me like i listen i've talked about this some with like um not not fantasy but pucking around for me i really enjoyed it because yes it's long 
but it's one book. And instead of giving me a duet of 400 pages each, you just gave me 750 pages of a whole book. You know what? Thank you. Yeah. And I, I agree though. Like this easily would have been a trilogy of books that are 600 pages each probably. But then you end up getting a lot of padding and it's just, I don't know, it's very satisfying. And it would have had the same middle book issue that a lot have, though. I feel like that are trilogies where that middle book's just filler. Right. Yeah. Or it would have been a duet cut too short. Like, no, I like it. it. We did to be 900 pages. I think the new version's 600 and something, but yeah. um, The old version is like 900 pages. Well, because it was the mass market. Like, yeah, I know. But still. It's still, it's a long book. It's um, still long. And it, but it covers a lot of ground. It makes me mm-hmm. think, too, like, there's definitely some stuff coming out right now that is long, but, like, not much really happens. Because sometimes mm-hmm. I do pick up fantasy books, and it's, like, 500 pages, and I'm like, why was this 500 pages? Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, that was awesome. <laughs> With the other book of those series, it's fine. But, you know, the, that's the thing, is I never... Um, it's very rare I pick up a book this long because I'm not a long book person these right. days. Like, I like to be able to finish a book in, like, a day or two. And I probably could have finished this in a day or two, honestly, if I hadn't had other stuff going on. Like, I could have easily gotten – if I was, like, working at a desk job, I probably would have finished the audiobook in two days. Yeah. Like, without trying. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's yeah. one of those books where you're just like, I don't want to stop, and I'm not going to. Yeah. Like, it's propulsive. You want to keep reading. It's mm-hmm. – yeah, it's like – Compared to you, okay, so we need to talk about Cassiel's Servant. Um, yeah. So, why? Only one of us finished that book. What? So, I said, oh, yeah, you and only one it. of us finished it. How much of it did you get? 35%. Okay, so you got the interesting part. Well, that's... <laughs> do, you want, do you want to talk about it? Or do you want me to tell you why I DNF'd it immediately when I thought you were Tell me. So, I was like reading it and I went on Goodreads and I was like I'm just curious about the reviews because I got through the good part yeah and I was like man is the rest of the book just this because I just read the other book and I don't need this and this being literally the most boring retelling of the book Kushil's Dart in Castiel's POV where you're just like I already know all this yeah I didn't need this yeah I thought going in we were getting a lot more of his early childhood and like what it meant to be Castile's servant and all of that stuff Mm -hmm. like the beginning part of the book I that's what I thought this book was like I was positive it was gonna be see I knew it was a retelling well I knew it was a retelling I just thought it was gonna have more of that does that make sense like more of his like early childhood stuff I guess like that was like like the the 500 pages were like maybe 200 of that Mm -hmm. and then the rest was a retelling Mm because then I could live with that but no it's like 20 first, not even 20 like the first 20 is his so yeah so you saw i think you said you saw my review of mm-hmm. it yes decided to dnf yeah so i mean this is the thing i don't know why this was the choice i think what it should have been was an anthology with a novella mm-hmm. of the first 20 percent of this book which was genuinely really interesting and really good i do yes. recommend reading that because it's about um Jocelyn's childhood, his years training mm-hmm. with the ca- the Castellan Brotherhood, mm-hmm. and stuff that that kind of made him into the character that we know, and that actually yeah. was really cool. It was interesting, it was really good. It was really, really good, that part. very good. It added to the character work. It added to the world. Like that mm-hmm. was fantastic. 
But then, yeah, the rest, whole rest of the book pretty much was a much less interesting retelling of everything that happened in Kushiel's Dart. There were some scenes. I think what we should have had was an anthology that included the novella of the first 20% and mm-hmm. then a few short stories pulling key scenes because there were a handful of scenes throughout it where I was like, okay, this is cool to see his perspective on this actually. There was, I got to the one where he like carried her out of a thing and like, she was mad about him for carrying her. And that was cute to see from his perspective. Yeah. But then I was like, I can't do this. Right. Well, (laughs) and I think also this is a book slump waiting to happen. Yeah. 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 No, I get it. It was a chore to get through a lot of it, honestly which is unfortunate because um, I love the first 20%. I was like, oh, this is so good. And then I was like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some scenes. I mean, like, you know, the, the scene where they, like the one night where they sleep together, like getting that from his perspective was interesting. So like there yeah. were there were a handful of scenes, but this mm-hmm. should not have been a full length novel. This should have been an anthology with a few short stories pulling Agreed. his perspective on those interesting places. I don't know Instead why. 500 pages? Yes. Which like... If his perspective to retell the 900-page book would not be 500 pages. It should have been, like, 300 at most. It was not that interesting. Well, the thing is, too, is also seeing it from his perspective is less interesting. Because he doesn't know as much as Fedra does. He's kind of an outsider. A lot of the interesting Mm -hmm. key scenes, he's just, like, hanging outside the room waiting for her to be done with her assignation. Um, You know, like, it's just not very interesting for the most part. And like he doesn't have great internal monologue no. either he's kind of like i think the appeal of him in the book regular like kushiel's dart is that you don't know a lot right so you're learning about the brotherhood you're learning about his like some of his like belief systems and who he is as a person and then you get in his head in this book and you're like you're really boring yeah you're really boring um oh. yeah. and it's just like it's so disappointing. It was so disappointing. Yeah. I read an, a review that I agree with that's like, he doesn't have main character energy. Like, yeah. even in his own book, Fedra is still the main character. I can see that. I don't disagree. Yeah. And I think some of that is just because, like, that's in the plot of Kushiel's Dart and in the series, I feel like, I mean, obviously I've read the other two, but I still feel like he's there to serve Phaedra's story. Right not his own story like i don't know that he ever needed a full length well and also like fedra is interesting because she is a person who's subverting a lot Mm -hmm. of the traditional ideas we have about like sex and gender and then to go and read a whole book where it's the same thing told from the perspective of something who doesn't subvert any of those things is also Mm -hmm. just kind of like it has lots of like really bad um information i feel like on what her servitude is and what it means you know what i mean yeah. like i feel like he doesn't know enough he learns eventually like he eventually kind of changes mm-hmm. his perspective on her and stuff but anyway but, i don't like, know i don't know why this being yeah i don't either i like i said i read your review i read the review link and i was like yeah no we're just done i was like i'm not putting myself in a book slump for this i rarely will dnf things for podcasts like that is like one of the things where i'm like no i'll push through and then i was like no we're good we can just stop you read the most interesting part of the book that's what i figured i and i as i was listening like i mean normally i'm like cool i'm just audiobooking doing tasks doing things and i was just like 
I could just take a nap right now. Yeah. I love this book play and sleep. And I was like, you know, that's not good. I would read a book from the perspective of hmm. Melisande. Yes. Now that she would be, would be Cause she has main character energy. Yes. Also, like this is if this was an anthology of like short stories, that would be a perfect one to throw in. Right? You could do some stuff from her perspective. That's the thing. There's a world in which I could have loved this if this had been different, you know? Do you think we it because of how we read it back to back? If like if you had previously read Kushiel's Dart and we just read Castiel's Servant, it wouldn't have been as bad. I don't know. I think it still wouldn't be bad because I've read, I've now read reviews from some people who also love are like longtime fans uh, of the series who just were Mm -hmm. not that impressed. I just don't think, I just don't think it's as interesting. I mean, I think it probably stands out more to us because we just read Kushiel's Dart. So, you know, like maybe if you haven't in a while and you really love Jocelyn, like you might, like, I'm not saying don't read it. No, it's not like a, like, you gave it two and a half. And I, I think if I'd finished it, it probably would have sat at about a three, two and a half for me as yeah. well. It's not a and terrible book. It's And it's not badly written by any means. No. It's just, like, boring. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's disappointing because Kushiel's dart is so magical and propulsive. And this wasn't. And that's the thing. Like, it feels, like, so flat comparatively. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like weird. I don't know. But I don't think it's her Are they writing. Doing I, think it's, I think it's because of who he is. I don't think it's her writing either. Because, like, when you got bit, like, again, that intro bit, right? When yeah. it wasn't just following all of Kushiel's dark bit. They said, I knew it was a retelling, but I thought we were getting, like, a little bit more of, like, the backstory for Jocelyn, maybe. Right. Um, yeah, I just thought there would be just, like, a little, a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Yeah. I just, like, I mean, it made me sad, because, like, I don't, like, obviously, like, you never want to have to read a book that, like, that low, or, like, to, like, especially when you liked the other book. Right. <laughs> like, no, this is not it. Like, it just made me sad, and then I just couldn't be more mad about it. I was like, I'm done. This is just so disappointing. Yeah. I mean, it's reasonable. I, yeah, I mean, I finished it because of the podcast, so. Well, um. that's what I saw you finish, I was like. I'm gonna do enough. I think it's fine. Honestly, I don't think that you missed a whole lot. Like there, I don't oh, know that okay. there's that and much. I may go back to it at some point yeah. if I just like you could skim through it. Well, I would tell people read the first 20% and then sort of like skim the rest of it for like that the, maybe what the, I do the major scenes. Because there are yeah. some really good scenes, mm-hmm. but it's we just didn't need the whole novel like that. It was a lot. And that's, I think that's what I'll do. Because I was listening to it, so it's kind of hard to skim when you're listening. Ooh. So I think I might pick up my Kindle version, because I got an yeah. e-arc too, um, and I, or the physical, and flip through some, yeah. and then I'm going to rehome that that art to somebody Yeah, <laughs> that wants it, maybe. Go Sounds put it in good. a little free library. Yeah. Something. No. now I'm like, mm. and it's such a good cover. Like, it's a great cover. Great cover. You know, and that's the thing, though. I think that 20% could have easily just been bonus content. In the new release. Well, or it could have, I mean, if they want, I don't think it's bad to do a standalone, but I think this should have been like a 250 page anthology mm-hmm. or just yeah. do that as a novella. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. I mean, that's the thing is that even then it could have been that. And then like some chapters from his POV though could have been bonus content. Like, yes. Without it being like 500 Whole pages thing. of. Yeah. Yeah. It was just sad. Like, I truly was just so sad about it. I was like, this yeah. is not fun yeah 
Um, yeah. So, you know, it was a mixed experience. Cushiel's dart. Cushiel's dart, though, I loved. Five stars. Yeah. Easily. Um, and I, I do want to keep going with that original trilogy. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I am too. I'm going to actually finish my read through of it now. Because nice. I've been needing to reread it. So when this came up, I was like, perfect. Yes. I can actually finish the series. Now. No, I'm so glad that we did this. Because it's also, Kushiel's Dart's been one of those things that's been on my radar for years. Where I've been like waffling mm-hmm. on, should I read it? Should I not? And I think it's good that I read it when I did. Because um, mm-hmm. I don't think I would have liked it if I'd read it when I first was aware of it like years ago. But yeah, um, yeah I'm really glad that I did now. It was great. Yeah. It's so fun. It's so fun. So good. So yeah, go check out Kushiel's Darts if you like political fantasy. I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's interesting because like, and this is the thing too, is I don't think you have to like BDSM stuff to read this book. No, you don't. Because of how good the character work is. Well, and I think it, um, I, I okay, I wouldn't say you don't like it. You have to be open to it being on page though. Right. This yeah. is what I would say. You don't have to love it. It's going to be your favorite thing ever to read. But I think, yes. like, you have to be open to it being on page and understanding that it does serve a purpose in the story. It's not just, like, gratuitous. This book is not just gratuitous, like, sex fantasy. No. Book. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like some people think it that is, way. But it's not. Slash, um, you know, our favorite people, the clean fantasy authors, probably view it that way, right? Uh, and um, it's not that. Like, I think... I think of uh, Sierra Simone's, like, Priest series and Center, where, like, sexuality and sex is explored, again, also through religion and uh, being a religious experience. It's kind of like that. Like, you just kind of got to be open to the concept of this has more meaning than just, like, yeah, whoops and chains excite me. Right. I mean, you know what I feel like, though, is I feel like in terms of my reading experience, like, mm-hmm. Katie Robert ran so that Kushiel's dart could fly. <laughs> Like, I feel like I was, like, I, like, I feel like started reading Katie Robert, like, got mm-hmm. me a little more acclimated to some of this I could stuff. see that. I could um, see that. So that by the time I got to this, I was like, okay, I can deal with this. It's, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. And I, I mean, that, that's the thing, too. Like, that, this is a book. I, it, it's fascinating if you go look at a lot of authors that write romance, fantasy, and some BDSM stuff now. This is one of the books that was influential to them. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting to see that, like, now... Yeah. And there is very, like, yeah, and with her official, like, assignations, there is very clear consent. Like, she has a safe word. Mm-hmm. She can put a stop to things if she wants to. Yes. Um, it's not, yeah. So it's, like, some of it is some kind of intense stuff that I'm, like, I, mm-hmm. like, yeah. I don't. And you can skim it. You can skim yeah, it. Yeah, you can skim it. You don't have to, like, read it in detail. I, um, I don't know. A lot of it is stuff where I'm, like, but I think it depends, like, some people are probably going to read this and be like, ooh, like, this is sexy. And I'm reading it and I'm being like, oh, God, it couldn't be me. But I understand who you are, Fedra, and, like, how you're responding like, in that's, this situation. I, I, I feel yeah. that way reading some romances that have certain types of sex scenes that I just have no desire ever to engage in. But I'm like, yeah. this is fun to read. Right. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not getting taken by well, the aliens. The thing is, like, we can, people can <laughs> like different things and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a fun way to just explore things that you, like, wouldn't want to do in real life necessarily. But you maybe sure. it's a fun time to read about. There you go. 
I, I don't want to be kidnapped, you know, but sometimes yeah. it's fun to read a kidnap Romy. <laughs> oh man. This so, one, yeah. I would not survive in this world. It's fine. Oh, it's a brutal world. I would not survive. Absolutely. So it's fine. Yeah. I like, oh yeah, we didn't talk about, I like the tattoo thing. Oh, the tattoo thing is really cool. The I mark. Really cool. Yeah. That, and that like getting the completed tattoo means that they're mm-hmm. now freed from like mm-hmm. enslavement. I think that's kind of an interesting way to do it. And yes. like a visual symbol of freedom mm-hmm. for them. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. It was. I really liked that element of it. And yes, a ton of people do have that tattoo. That's how much Not of a her. cult favorite it is. I know. I just think it's funny. Like, it's one of those books that you just like, you're like, huh, that's so interesting. And I was like, oh yeah, people have that tattoo. I mean, I can see how this would be really formative for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, especially if you read it young, mm-hmm. younger. Because I know, I do know there are people who've said to me that like, this was something they read as a teenager that was really oh, yeah. formative for their ideas of romance and yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's cool i think it's cool i think it's fun that people like love it i love that it has such a cult following yeah like i just yeah. think it's really neat yeah like especially for something that came from 2002 like to be this and i had people who were like yeah i bought it at borders and i was like oh my god borders borders, borders. <laughs> back in the day yeah well Cool. I feel like I've, you know, read a read a classic that I had not. Yeah. So, same. I felt like I mean, it felt good to revisit it. I know I've read it before, but it still felt just as fresh the second time through. I could see myself rereading this in the future too. It's that good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 Yep. It is. Cool. Well, hopefully, this was interesting and helpful for everybody. Um, and we are going to move into On My Radar, where we'll share recent and upcoming book releases we're excited about for romance. But first, of course, if you enjoy the podcast, we would appreciate if you take a moment to rate and review us so we can continue to reach more listeners. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, comment down below with any of your thoughts on Kushil's Dart or Cassiel's Servant. Love to hear from you there. And if you are interested in getting exclusive bonus content with every episode, consider supporting us on Patreon or channel memberships. Huge thanks to all of our supporting patrons, including our World Expander patrons. Stephanie, you make what we do possible. We really appreciate you. And again, this week's bonus content will be our discussion of the Barbie movie, which is the only way that you're going to hear our discussions of the Barbie movie because of the ongoing strike. So go support SAG-AFTRA. And the writers. Um, okay, so I'm just sad I can't talk about that movie like more publicly I yet. I know, like that's why I say, unfortunately, I want them to get paid. So yes, but there is so much to talk about. There is. So um, okay, so there are a lot of romances coming out in August. Holy crap! So many. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I'll start with one: "The Secret okay. to the Southern Wedding" by Cynthia Williams. This one looks really fun. The other day, yeah, it looks. It's kind of like a take on an adult parent trap. The two main characters, mm-hmm. their parents are getting married to each other. The heroine wants to sabotage the wedding so it doesn't happen, and the hero okay. wants them to get together. Okay, so like, because his dad's happy and like he's happy about that, mm-hmm. and then they fall for each other, which I think sounds like fun. And I love Sydney Williams. She does like juicy drama, really good. I agree. I agree with this. He does. I've heard good things from the people I've seen that have read it so far, so. Cool. I'm excited. 
Uh, I'll do Kiss the Girl by Zoraida Cordova. I have a huge list here, so we're just going to have to see who's we steal from each other. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I really loved If the Shoe Fits by Julie Murphy. I thought that one was delightful. I did skip Jasmine Guillory's because I don't generally, like, get along with her writing very well or enjoy her stories. Um, and the couple people I know that read it that, like, I align with on that didn't like it. So I was, It like, wasn't very, very good. It. it was probably me. I didn't like it. It was you. Uh, and there's a couple other people I follow, too. So, like, I was like, mm, I'll just skip Jasmine's. But this one is about Ariel's band that's on their farewell tour. And... Uh, she kind of like sneaks out and ends up on stage with a band at like a little like bar or something um and her sisters are with her so like that's eric of course and it's just it just looks really cute and these truly like i think if i liked jasmine guillory's writing more and storytelling i would have would have read and enjoyed the other one but because i don't i was just like we'll skip it but i like zoraida's writing so i think this will be a fun one like it just sounds fun it, it looks cute. fun. I'm curious to see some reviews. I it's I do. I'm it like, just came out like yeah like on the first. So I don't think it's getting a lot little, of attention. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm a little iffy on musician romances, but like if the reviews are good, I do like Zoraida's writing. So I'm curious mm-hmm. to see. She's always like at least in the middle for me. Yeah, like she's consistently like either good or like a three star good. She, I almost so, always give her like three to four stars. Yeah. Same. Yeah. She's very consistent. She's a good writer. So I'm, I'm curious. And Little Mermaid's not my favorite, but I still enjoy a Little Mermaid retelling situation. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay. So one that I want to read, I got this as an audio copy from Libra FM and I, after I mm-hmm. heard somebody review it on TikTok, because it sounds really cool. The Art of Scandal by Regina Black. Okay, so this is, there's, it says it's a sizzling conversation starting debut about rekindling passion, the transformative power of art and finding love in unexpected places. And it's about a woman who finds out her husband had been cheating on her and she wants to get mm-hmm. a divorce, but he wants to run for office. So they make a deal that she'll, oh. she'll stay in the marriage, but then she meets an artist and starts falling okay. in love with him and has to decide like what she's going to do. So I got this one last month too. I didn't know it didn't. I don't always realize when they don't come out. I'm like, oh, that doesn't come out in August. Okay. Yeah, cool. it comes out this month. But yeah, supposedly I, I someone was saying that they loved it. So I, I've heard some good things. I've heard good things too. So sounds promising. Yeah. Uh, I've got Taste Like Shakar by Nisha Sharma that just came out earlier this month on the first, I believe. Um, I enjoyed dating Dr. Dill. I did have. I didn't like the weird penis nickname thing that was weird but overall i thought it was just like a fun rom-com-y-esque read definitely hit the rom-com more than like most of the books that i see marketed as rom-coms do if that makes sense yeah like effectively i feel like usually i pick up a book that that i'm like absolutely not absolutely not uh this one is about an egotistical chef and the best friend of the groom and then the bride's best friend planning the wedding and they're trying to like plan the menu and all these things and stop it from being ruined and they're very much like at odds with each other so i think it'll be a fun time i think nisha writes like at the very least like solid fun books to read even if it's not a five star like i just think it sounds like a fun time nice yeah it sounds good um okay i'm gonna go with codename charming by lucy parker 
This one is a romantic comedy about a fake relationship between a grumpy royal bodyguard and a charming sunny assistant who melts his cold heart exterior. And I really like Lucy Parker's books. I this is mm-hmm. the I think the second book in a series, and I really liked the first one a lot. So this is this is what I might try to get my hands on if I can. I love that it's like royal adjacent. Yes. If that makes sense. Like it's not the royals, but it's like it's adjacent. You know. Well, the other one was too. It was about two mm-hmm. bakers who are like yeah. enemies but are DNFing. Oh, I loved it. Um, but it was I tried the audio and didn't like it, and I think oh, I need to okay. try it otherwise. Her other series, the London Celebrity series, if you haven't read those, are really oh, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I've read a couple really like those. three of those, I think. Those are really good. Yeah. Um Okay, let's see what's next. Okay, uh, on the 20... Okay, Millie. My God, that was a big... <laughs> uh, my Roommate is a Vampire comes out on the 29th. I did not write the author down. Uh, this one just sounds bananas to me. Like, basically, she ends up rooming with a vampire and gets a deal on the apartment. Uh, Cassie's her name. Her roommate's name is Frederick, and he's never awake during the day and always awake at night. Uh, I just think it sounds silly. Like the cover is ridiculous. Like it's him yeah. like hanging upside down in a it's window, very campy. and yeah. her in the other window. And I was like, "This, listen, if this delivers, I'm here for it because it just sounds so silly." It does. And I think it's her discovering, obviously, that he's a vampire, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which, like anyone who like reads paranormal, I feel like our first thought is like, "This person's a vampire. <laughs> they're never awake during the day. They're a vampire. Clearly, they're a vampire. Out. Yeah, yeah." Um, we're also getting Knockout by Sarah McLean, mm-hmm. which is about a chaotic blue stocking and the buttoned up detective enlisted to keep her out of trouble. Spoiler, she is the trouble. She is the trouble. She's gonna <laughs> blow things up. Yeah, it looks fun. It will be. Um, how many is that? <laughs> it's a lot. I think, uh, we have, I've got two more on the list, so. Okay. I can do another one. Um... Marry Me by Midnight by Felicia Grossman is a historical with uh, twist on Cinderella. Um, Isabel is has to marry to save her family. She enlists a synagogue custodian to help her ensure the matches have no alliances that would harm her or her family. And it's their romance. And it sounds really, really cute. Uh, the cover is adorable. And she's I'm Jewish. very excited to read this. And she's she Jewish. And it is her own rep. Yeah. All of Felicia's are. Um, I've read her before. I read Appetites and Vices and really liked it. So I'm excited to try this one as well. Okay, good to know. I haven't read from her, but I they sent me a copy of that. So mm-hmm. cool. I got an ERC of it. I just have not okay. gotten to it because historical. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, the last one I've got is Cruel Seduction by Katie Robert, which uh, I have finished reading already. And I'm excited to record our podcast for next week. I'm very excited for Cruel so. Seduction. We will be back to discuss that one. It is a very, very messy uh, polyamorous relationship between... It's a polycule? Yes. Poly knot. It's a poly knot. I, I think don't know what she calls if it. it's... I don't... What does a knot mean? Like, what does that mean? Because not everybody has relationships with each other. I think that's why it's a knot. Okay. Because it's like the people in the middle and then it goes out. Yeah. I, I think that's what that means. I'm not. Okay. I don't know. That's what Katie I don't know. Calls it anyway, it, but so. it's a it's a polyamorous relationship between Hephaestus, Aphrodite, um, Adonis, and Pandora. And there's also some interesting macro plot stuff. So I am hoping for lots of political development. There is a bit. 
I want more, but yeah. So we'll, we'll I mean, we there. always want more. We always want more. She leaves you wanting more. So, uh, yeah, we'll, well, that is one we will have an episode on with some guests in September. So mm-hmm. it's coming out this month if you want to read it before the episode. Okay. Our next episode is going to be August 29th. I'll be back with Liana to discuss Lady of the Lake by Andre Sapkowski. So if you're following along for our Witcher read-along, that will be coming next up. And again, this has been Chapter 3 Podcasts. We're your hosts, Bethany and Izzy. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Chapter 3 Podcast, and you can find us on our individual YouTube channels. Uh, remember to join us August 29th for our next episode, and this episode's bonus content will be available to patrons in the next few days. Thanks for